Hello and welcome to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kim Cusack. I am joined by a very talented singer, producer, and model, Drager. Just want to say thanks to Drager ahead of time for joining me today. And I am thrilled and stoked to learn about your music and also what you're up to. So I am thrilled to welcome to the show, Drager. How are you doing today? Fantastic, man. Got my coffee going, feeling good. Feel like I'm winning. Uh, everything's going well. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for that intro, too. Wow, you should just come up on stage when I play. Like, <laughs> you know, build my ego up. It's good. It's good. And you're welcome, man. Tell us more about your background. I'm from San Francisco originally. That's a good place to start. I've been in New York for 10 years. Uh, I live in uh, Brooklyn, baby. And uh, I've got a couple cats. Uh, they have uh, taken over my life. I play music. Um, I like uh, spicy food. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's me in a nutshell, you know. It's been interesting doing all these interviews lately about the music. So I'm glad I'm being more known for that than anything else. That's me, Drager. And your single, Psycho Narcissistic Paranoia, PNP, was recently remixed by Tom of one of my favorite bands, Temples. How did that all start? Yeah. Um, well, I just no, it's funny. I was trying to think about that the other day. Someone asked me how I know temples. I I've like, you know, I'm Tom, like basically he and his girlfriend like live next door to me, but I've just seen him around. I was a big fan of temples for years. Um, and he went PM psycho narcissistic paranoia. I say that three times fast, it's really hard. Um, when I that was the first single I ever released uh under Drager and uh literally the day I released it, he's like, Oh, this is really great. I'd love to do a remix. And I was like, do one. Yeah, let's do it. You know, it took so long for us to actually put it out because of COVID and all that, like it's been, you know, such a weird couple of years, but uh, we've just been friends for a while. And, um, you know, I was super stoked because, you know, Temple is like, regardless of like my friendship with Tom, like, I just love the band, you know, I think it's, they're amazing live. And, you know, I'm, it's really refreshing just to see a band that can just, you know, reinvent their own songs. And, you know, they're just, they're so musically capable. Like it's just amazing just to watch them live. So I was very fortunate and, um, you know, it's really exposed me to a lot of other people since the remix came out like two weeks ago. So, or a week, it hasn't even been two weeks, but, but it's been great. Yeah. Super stoked on it. Super vibed out. I think I said super like 10 times just now, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> super duper yeah and uh temples is a super incredible band i saw them three times twice in phoenix and once in la and they put on a spectacular show oh yeah definitely definitely super yeah they're great bunch of guys and tom is such an amazing bassist oh yeah definitely i mean all those guys are so talented he plays a bunch of instruments as well um but yeah, master bass man. You produce other musicians. Who do you work with? I mean, dude, I, I've worked with so many people. Um, I'm working with someone named Valley Latini right now. I just worked with her the other day. Um, she has a single coming out that we did together. Super talented artist. Um, apart from that, I'm, I'm really into doing like remixes and stuff. I just did a remix for 
one of my good friends and uh, also Brooklyn artist named Henry Flower. Um, I'm doing a couple other remixes uh, coming up, but um, my goal is just to just working like just to write a song every day and to be working with other people. You know, like I like I have this little studio here where I pretty much do everything. You know, um, even the mixing and the mastering, like everything in this room, and. I just love writing songs at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's what I do. And, and now that I'm like getting to work with other people, it's been really inspiring just to see other people's processes and all that stuff. I can shut this door and just work on my own stuff and, you know, like into oblivion. So uh, working with other people has been really refreshing lately. So, but yeah, just, I just make music, you know, that's just what I do. <laughs> you have some shows coming up. Tell us more about those. Yeah, we're back. Um, New York is finally opened, pretty much opened up fully. And um, I'm playing next week. I'm playing at Berlin on Thursday, um, which is in the East Village. And for my label party, Trash Casual. And then the week after that, I'm playing to Broadway on the on the 23rd, which is a Friday. That's, that's going to be a party and a half. Um, and uh and then i'm doing i think i'm i'm doing like a live stream show kind of thing for this thing called bands do bk which is this amazing uh music journalist she's incredible she really supports the scene and uh i'm pumped it would just be fun um just to get back into the visceral side of music you know yeah looking forward to it when did you start writing music so i was in a all the way from like being a teenager i was in um in high school, I was in some really terrible bands that I thought I was going to take over the world, but uh, clearly I didn't. It kind of gave me my foundation to uh, performing and, you know, learning how to sing. And that was like kind of my, that was kind of like how I got into music was I was a singer. And then from then I started to learn uh, keyboards. And then from then it was like bass and guitar. And then 10 years ago, I moved to New York after a band I was in broke up. And I just said, I'm going to write my own music because I hate being in bands because like they can just break up and there's nothing you can do. So that's when I got Pro Tools and I learned how to produce and stuff and figure out how drums worked. Um, and then 10 years later, here we are. Um, I've, my band, The Midnight Hollow, when I moved here was like this. That was the band that I that was supposed to be my solo project originally. but um, just the nature of the beast. When I got a few guys in the room to play live, we really did click as a band, even though I was writing the songs and we kind of reinvent all the music, you know, we'd play like in a 30 minute set, we could play four songs, you know, it was, it was kind of like on the teetering on the line of self-indulgence with like jamming and just like super psychedelic, lots of guitar shredding, lots of effects, you know, it was like a full on like epic show, but I felt like it was kind of lacking with some of the songwriting and it, it, it kind of like pigeonholed me into doing this like like psychedelic thing and I kind of wanted to make a little bit more of like a synth pop kind of you know songs around the vocals essentially and it, I felt like I kind of needed to break that band up to go off to properly have a solo project so that's where I am now you know again like I said because I do everything myself I don't really have to ask the bandmates what they think of the song it's kind of just like this is the music and it's very like deliberate. Like it's obviously me. I mean, it's my last name, Drager. So it's kind of like, 
it, it took a while to evolve to get to this point, but I think this is the happiest I've been as a musician just because being in so many bands, it's like, I loved all the bands I was in. Like I have no regrets, but I think like you really don't, there's no longevity. I feel like when you're trying to win over your other bandmates to just go to practice or to play shows or to keep people inspired because it is like a very rigorous, uh, it, it's a very tough road, uh, especially in New York city to be a musician because it's so expensive and people just don't really have time and to get, uh, to get people in a cohesive unit writing songs and on a regular schedules is next to impossible. So I've been a musician a long time and, uh, this is the most comfortable and the most free and the most creative and just the happiest I've been as an artist right now you can ask me one question and i could take it to here you know so <laughs> like that that's coffee baby it's a hell of a drug <laughs> your music videos are pretty dope you do everything direct shoot produce yeah man i'm like a little dictator over here it's funny a long time ago i i just i, I didn't want to do my own videos like i would rather just have someone else figure all that stuff out but during covid i kind of just like that was like one of my little assignments I gave myself. And um, I've gotten really into video. I think like, especially in this day and age with technology and everything, like the way that people perceive art and all forms of media is through video. You know, it's kind of like this uh, requirement to have a video for anything you do. So um, I shot my first music video was Wolf. Um, I did that on a cell phone, you know, pretty uh, standard <laughs> and a green screen, went to town on green screen stuff. And then the next video I did for New Life, I just did that in, in my apartment, in this room right here, actually. But I had to like move all the furniture around and stuff. And then the third video I did, The Villain You Need, that's when I went like bigger production, you know, with DPs and multiple actors and stuff. And then I have a music video coming out next week which is the sequel to the villain you need for a song called no one knows and i just kind of like really created like my own world my own kind of like landscape with like different characters and um you know just like a plot maybe maybe it's a little ambitious but i just kind of like wanted to do something a little bit more than your you know guy playing in a warehouse you know looking sexy like i want to do something just a little bit just a little bit of, of you know up you know, we talked about this yesterday. Um, you know, I'll never be able to top face off, but uh, I want to do something crazy, you know. Um, and uh, so that's what I did. And after shooting the second video, I don't think I'll ever I don't know if I'll ever direct the video game. because it was just so labor intensive and it was just so like emotionally draining and so expensive. Um, but um, yeah, I I've shot my own videos and directed my own videos. Um, I don't think I'm pretentious enough to say I'm a filmmaker yet, but maybe someday I'll be able to say that. But, you know, yeah, there are like many short films. Um, and um, on top of that, you know, as many know, I yeah, I write all my own music. I mix it, produce it, master it. I do everything. It's a one man show. Um, and I, you know, I'm trying to uh, open up to the idea of working with some other songwriters in the future. I'm actually I just had a meeting this morning about it. Um, but I just don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm kind of a control freak with music when it's my own stuff. You know, if I'm producing other people, I'm of course open to everybody else's ideas, especially for their own songs. But 
but for my own music, I just like, you know, I just like to see it all the way through. I like an undiluted vision, you know, and, uh, you know, I, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun to make music. It's that's, again, that's why I do this. That's the only reason why I do it. I just love writing songs. I think writing songs is just like, I can do it forever and never get bored. So, um, yeah, I do everything myself. Um, but we'll see, maybe in the future I'll work with the producer or something just to get that second set of ears on what I'm doing. Cause it is kind of like, uh, it's, it's usually like the process goes, wow, this is amazing. I love what I'm doing too. I don't know. Maybe this is not cool. Oh, I'm having an identity crisis. No, this is cool. Oh wait, my girlfriend heard it in the other room. She said she likes it. Yeah, this is amazing. And then I hate this song. And then I'm like, oh, let's just put it out see what happens. Oh, people like it. Yeah. I knew it was good the whole time. That's the trajectory of, writing a song so maybe if i had a second set of viewers to uh kind of you know bring me up in the peaks in the valley you know just kind of compress it into a uh this is this is going to be good kind of uh trajectory instead of this mess in my head yeah i do it all myself <laughs> you're a big fan of roxy music and what is your favorite album from roxy music i always wanted to know like what what makes people like music you know like what is it is it nostalgia or is it just they hear a song, they like it, you know, like her, obviously there's a mixture somewhere, but when it comes to rock, Roxy music, like I'm completely like in love with the album Avalon, you know, the, the last record they, they did as a band. I think it's the last record they did as a band. It's because it, it just reminds me of like my childhood and, you know, my dad would play it all the time. You know, it was just like this, like it was on, it was ubiquitous. It was like on in all the rooms in the house, like every night, you know, you think you would be sick of it, but I just think it's such a beautiful record and I think it's really contributed to like my music tastes and even the music I make that kind of like, you know, kind of ethereal, like kind of just chill. Like I love all the synthesizers and stuff. I don't know. It just, it just makes me, brings me peace, honestly, when I hear that record. So it might be my favorite record of all time is the Avalon by Rocks Music. I also love, um, you know, Brian Ferry's solo out for the Boys and Girls. That album is so good. I think it came out the same time, but that record is just like, uh avalon is it's like such a masterpiece like you couldn't cover that album because it's just it's like all these like little you know noodly licks and all these things that you think wouldn't go together or, or make it sound too busy but it's just like so perfectly done like it's like it's i i'm like i would if i had to cover a song i feel like i'd screw it up or something you know because it's just so well produced um, but yeah, I love Roxy music. I've talked about it a lot in different interviews and stuff just because, I mean, if I had to pick a record, that would be it. I think it's a phenomenal record. So yeah, love them. Yeah. And definitely one of the best albums of the eighties. Yeah, for sure, man. 1984, I think is when it dropped. So, I mean, late seventies, early eighties, man, there's so much, so much good stuff. It's funny, man. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like the eighties was, it was like not cool to like eighties music or something. It was like too commercial or too pop, you know, and now it's like, it's like, what? It's like it's the best decade. I love music from all times, you know, and I love all, all these different genres of music. I, 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 I often get kind of pigeonholed into doing this like synth pop eighties thing, just cause a couple of my like, big singles were very like synth pop driven and you know i'm just starting out like with this band so i want to show different things um i will say the next single that i'm going to release is 
definitely not a synth pop. It's definitely not a dance song or anything like that. And I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot with the people that like my music. But after, after I want to do something more like PMP actually, because after Tom remixed that song, you know, I got a bunch of new fans that love that kind of sound. So I was like, well, I do have a lot of songs like this that I haven't released. So I am dropping a random single on, I think, August 11th or August 10th. I forget. Oh, I have it right here because I have to pitch it to Spotify today. August 11th, um, I'm releasing a song called Two Extremes. And that is a very just like a fast paced kind of like song. And it's it's not a, it's not a synth pop song. So we'll see. We'll see what people think. Definitely looking forward to hearing it that new single when it drops pmp has a reference to blade runner tell us more about that oh yeah man definitely uh it's no secret like i i love like i'm i'm so fascinated with where we are right now in the world like um you know we're kind of at this like precipice of uh like exponential technological growth like it's like the world is changing so quickly that I don't even think people really realize it, you know, how we interpret media and how we make our decisions and, you know, the way that we communicate with each other, the, the expectations that we have of each other are all because of technology and how, and how we interact. And um, PMP was kind of like, you know, I don't know. I'm like a sarcastic guy. There's a lot of like little just like moments of sarcasm in that song, but I, I like to talk about technology. I feel like, you know, of course I love writing your classic love songs and, you know, heartbreak and all the other songs that you are ubiquitous with musicians and stuff. But I think that like just where we are right now, um, I think why not make a song about technology and just like how society is so influenced um, literally to the news that we get and everything, even the music we get. I mean, look at the algorithms that feed us new music. Like you probably heard about me because maybe some algorithm sent you my song. You know, that's how I discover bands anymore. I mean, I don't even, we used to read blogs and these pretentious pitchfork type people would like dictate, you know, the tastemakers or, or whatever, the gatekeepers of society were these cool people that write these articles. But the fact of the matter is, it's all like quantitative kind of data now that kind of analyzes and tells people what is good and what is bad. What is five stars? What is one star? Like these are the types of things that add up. And before you know it, society is dictated by, uh, you know, these technological changes in society. And um, PMP, uh, I have another song called Five Stars. I'm, I'll continue to write about it because there's just so many different variables now um, that have changed and I find it very interesting, um, you know, like, and I, I'm curious to see how it goes, you know, like, like, how are we gonna change? How are we gonna, uh, you know, interpret media, all that stuff. Like social media is the most, probably the most valuable asset now in terms of uh, selling yourself to a brand. It's so interesting to me. I'm not against any of this. I'm not exactly for it either. I mean, all the dinosaurs are completely Complaining, like I just want to make music and play shows and I get that I know what it's like you know but uh I think you need to you know kind of adapt a little bit and um you know kind of embrace technology and just ride this wave you know so um I was kind of against all of it for a long time but I just 
now I'm like, oh, I love, I love social media. I love talking to people and living in this global kind of society where uh, I can interact with people from different countries. You know, I spend so much time throughout the day translating DMs that I get and talking to people on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, man, it's just like, it's like, you can rule the world, you know, this is the throne here, right here in this, you know, room, as long as you got an internet connection, you can live anywhere. And I think COVID has solidified all these, all of these things that, uh, you know, it's almost like I have this like saying, like, like the acronym BRB, you know, like that was used during uh, instant messenger days because you would leave your computer. I'll be right back. But now it's like, we never even left. It's like, there is no BRB. We're constantly in this world, this digital world. You know, it's so interesting to me that it's almost like how we are perceived in the digital world is more relative. It's more real than uh, the, the real world sometimes, you know, because you're constantly interacting with people. You could be in your bed without even putting your feet on the floor and you've already talked to a, a hundred people or you posted something that goes out to a hundred thousand people. Like these are the, the types of, ripples in the of our the repercussions of our actions on the internet you know it's pretty it's pretty interesting to me so why not make music about it man like or, you know like I, i'm i'm curious why we're still writing the same songs i mean you know like love and heartbreak are always going to be you know fundamental sense of emotion for a songwriter to write about you know i still i still thrive on those topics and i always will be and those will never go away because that that's you know there's a sense of empathy you know we can all relate to all that stuff but you know i could why not uh touch it up with a little technology in there you know see throw in different uh different themes i guess like pmp has but but i also love blade runner too so that's why that harrison ford reference is in there you know like um, it's like my favorite movie. So technology is very fascinating and it's going to continue to grow. And what's you know neat about technology is, you know, there's QR codes and all that. And speaking of technology, you're a big fan of the movie Face Off. Yeah, dude, this is a classic, man. This isn't just a thrill ride. It's a rocket, dude. I mean, if someone wrote that about one of my songs, I just quit while I was ahead right there. I don't know why, but somewhere along the way, you know, people know that I like Face Off. You know, I, I just think it's an incredible movie. And if I had the opportunity to direct any film, it'd be Face Off 2, you know? And uh, I don't know how it'd be different than Face Off 1 because it's a masterpiece. Maybe it's like rocks and music. You don't want to like taint something that's already perfect. So I'd have to come up with a new thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad now that it's... Uh, public domain everybody knows face off is an incredible movie according to drager you know maybe i'll write my own review for this film um you know 20 years later when did this come out like 15 years 20 years ago i don't even know man 90s classic dude who knows 90s was a uh, hell of a decade you know we had i i uh i mean i was so young but i had an iguana named chuck named after chuck norris <laughs> so um action movies were sick and I, I still love action movies, man. I mean, they might be cheesy as hell, but it's like when you're on an airplane, you know, that's always like the time that I'm like, it's time to watch John Wick 5 or whatever, you know, like where it's like every second, it's like someone's getting blasted by something. And I'm like, 
why is it always on the airplane that I want to watch these crazy action movies? Like I'm sitting there on this little screen where nobody knows who I am, but they can judge me specifically on the movie that I'm watching. When you're high in the sky, you got two cravings, tomato juice and epic action films. No idea why, but <laughs> there might be a scientific reasoning, but I will be there watching Face Off 2, drinking a tomato juice, and uh, that's all I want out of life, you know? So pretty, pretty terrific, uh, pretty terrific film. That is true. And yeah, there were so many fantastic action and sci-fi films in the 90s. Like even Fifth Element is oh, classic as well. Masterpiece, masterpiece. Oh my God. Such, I had such a crush on jo- Jovovich, or I don't know how to say it. I think Fifth Element is a perfect example. I mean, I think there's like this, this like freedom that people have with like movies about the future because you can just kind of like create your own fantasy like their own like clothing like their own fa- the fashion in that movie and just like everything was just so awesome you know I was it's like every moment I'm just like I'm so captivated by like oh what's gonna happen next and there's so much freedom and in sci-fi and stuff and it's such a creative like experimental genre you know um so yeah fifth element's great you know I love I love sci-fi you know I love fantasy novels. I, you know, I, I was a big fan of the Witcher. I read all the Witcher books. Um, now there's a Netflix series and everyone's got a big crush on the actors. So they love it. But, uh, I, I love all that stuff. I love fantasy and sci-fi. I love games and sci-fi. I love video games, you know, all of all that stuff. We can nerd out, dude. I'm a giant nerd over here. Best of luck on your shows next week your other singles and also continued success on pmp yeah man we're gonna keep on keep on trucking here definitely keep rolling 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 <laughs> nice slim biscuit reference <laughs> yeah, gotta get down with the biscuit man all right man well thanks yeah. for uh thanks for chatting and uh we'll do it again soon sometimes yeah all right thanks everyone for listening love you bye I'll play Psycho Narcissistic Paranoia by Drager after this short message. You are listening to Hitting the High Note with Drager. Welcome back to Hitting the High Note. I'm your host, Kevin Cusack. And now I'm going to be playing Psycho Narcissistic Paranoia Temple's Remix.
I'm Kevin Cusack. Thank you all for listening to Hitting the High Note. Have a great day.